Hello there. My name's Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. The subject for this particular podcast is monster fish. So far as I'm aware, the biggest fish ever taken on rod and line was a great white shark by Australian angler Alf Dean, back in 1959. There have reputedly been bigger fish, but none has ever been officially ratified under IGFA rules, and very likely, that's the way it's going to remain, as the deliberate targeting and out-of-water weighing of great white sharks has now been outlawed worldwide. Spielberg's classic 1970s film Jaws may well have contributed to this need to slap such a strict conservation order on the great white, in part because it promotes the misconception that this is a calculated eating machine, both willing and able to take any one of us out should we ever be unfortunate enough to end up on its menu. But give or take the odd deliberate misdemeanour and case of mistaken identity here and there, the reality is actually very different. The fact is that great white sharks have coexisted with surfers and swimmers for decades at locations where they could, had they wished to, have taken people out on an almost daily basis, but have chosen not to do so. To put it bluntly, despite the reported obesity epidemic, because there is insufficient high energy content to most of us of a type typically found in animals like seals, which have an insulating layer of blubber, we are not worth the effort. In short, attacks on humans are for the most part mistakes. Unfortunately, despite the fact that it's the bull shark which attacks and kills more people worldwide than any other species, Reputation, it seems, counts for everything. And with that reputation has come a heavy price, both for the sharks themselves and for anglers wanting to catch, tag and release them. But it hasn't always been that way, as this interview with big fish angler Pete Thorman demonstrates. And who better to conduct such an interview than that other big fish enthusiast Graham Pullen, who recently went over to Bedfordshire to talk to Pete Thorman as part of a series of articles based on interviews with angling legends. Okay, Pete, well, uh, I've had a look at a few of your videos, so I know that you've uh, caught plenty of fish. When exactly did you start fishing? You know, was it as a youngster? And uh, give us a bit of an intro on that. Yeah, I started course fishing, I suppose, like every kid does. And I've always done that, river fishing, lake fishing. And then one day I read an article in a, in a sea fishing magazine about... I think the article was a great white shark hunter and it was about Jim Taylor in Florida Keys um, who fished for shark who had white hair bleached by the sun and I booked him for 10 days a fishing trip and that was it I was caught a, a hammerhead I think it was about 350 pound and that just got me hooked on it that was it I was all for it Yeah and I remember fishing from that uh, Jim Taylor myself and he was uh he was a bit of a nutso skipper, old Jimbo, but he was, uh, he was very, very good at catching the sharks. So uh, where did you go out to get those sharks, and what sort of stuff did you use as bait for them? Went out onto the hump in the Keys, and we used amberjack. We used catching amberjack, and we used fillets of amberjack for shark bait. And that's what we had the hammerhead on. But other than the hammerhead, we had um, duskies, reef sharks, we had all sorts of sharks. But the hammerhead is the one that stands out. It was the biggest... Biggest fish I've ever seen and ever caught. What sort of size was that one then, Pete? I think that was about 325, something like that. Now, I know you had, uh, and I'm envious of it, you had a huge amberjack. Well, you've had loads of amberjacks over there, I know. But uh, one was, a, was it a Met, a Met record or a year record? It was a really big fish you had over there. Yeah, it was a first place Met record. It was £123. 
which is good size for an amberjack. Did you get any other species over there, or, uh, you know, did you used to go trolling, or did you sort of, generally, the sharks were the thing, did you ever go for sailfish and dorados, that sort of thing, or was it just the sharks, you actually went totally for the sharks? We did a bit of trolling going out to the hump, but primarily, yeah, it was, I wanted the big sharks. So, like I say, we trolled out to the hump, once we was on the hump, we was just drifting over the hump, with baits down, for shark, or for something big anyway. Do you remember what sort of baits they used for those amberjacks? I remember when I was over there, they used to have a jig or something, they used to, and sometimes I think we used to put uh, blackfin tuna live baits down just to catch the amberjack, but people used to find it curious that you'd be catching a tuna, which is a nice fish, and then you catch the amberjack, it was an even bigger fish, and then, unfortunately, we used to slab up the amberjacks and use those. Was that the same for you? Yeah, it was. We used to rainbow runners for the amberjacks we used to use, and about four pounds of lead weight to get the baits down to hold down, because there was such a current there, as you know. But yeah, that was it. You've obviously gone back to Florida Keys quite a few times. Did you uh, get any other big sharks over there, or did you get tied into some of the light tackle species for the other fish? I did quite a bit of the shark fishing out there. I've had hammerheads, I've had um, loads of different varieties of sharks out there. But then I got into that backcountry. Never thought I'd get into the light tackle stuff, the tarpon and permit. Yeah. And that's, that, that is as awesome, to be honest. I've had some really good tarpon out there. And you've had some big sharks as well, I guess, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah, oh out yeah. Back, yeah, out of the back, yeah. What yeah. sort of stuff, what like, species would you have had around uh, there? Out of the back, there's mainly bull sharks we used to get out of the back. Yeah, um, just to give people an idea, if you had a, a big fish on a hump, you'd probably be fishing, what, 80-pound tackle or 130? Yeah, 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 yeah. For, say, a three or 400-pound fish, and you go out of the back country, what sort of tackle and size of fish? 20 pounds, light spinning tackle, yeah. And what's the fish size at? Um, biggest size, well, tarpon we had 200, 220 pounds. Bull sharks I've had up to 250. And that's uh, on, on that light tackle? On the, on the light tackle, yeah. Yeah, so if it's Just great, a lot harder to get it in. <laughs> yeah. So there, from there, you you had a progression up the scale. Uh, did you get into bill fishing first, or the really big white sharks? What, where, where did you go from I there? Went you know? from there to, um, I joined a club, in the UK and I went to Mauritius for the the British Marlin Championships that they used to hold out there uh, which you was part of exactly, in, in yeah. the first and days of it you, and, you, and you, I understand you won it out there one year I did yeah, yeah what yeah. sort of fish Fortunately, was that? that was uh, 361 pound blue marlin on lures or live that bait? was all lures all lure fishing out there on them now did you get any uh, any sharks on you out there I didn't no no I've always wanted to there was a Quite a big mako caught out there one year I was out there. A thousand pound mako from what I understand. One of your uh, other catches, you had a, a decent tuna over there as well. I mean, we're trying to get to the white sharks, but I'm trying to get to people that you've done a lot of other big game fishing as well with some really big fish. So uh, what's the story on that big tuna you had over there? We had quite a few, I've had quite a few tuna out there. Um, biggest being a yellowfin at uh, 150 pound. I was trolling for marlin, but we... The tuna decided to hook up, which was, that was good fun. Have you been back there since, Pete? I know you've probably had a few years there, or what's no, the fishing like? No, I've finished with it now. It seemed to be fished out, I don't know. The reports I've had, it's not been that good. Yeah, I think that's the same uh, all over, really. So uh, tell us how you got into this uh, great white. We got it that you've gone shark fishing, and I think you went, uh, was it to Portugal? You had a, a, a bit of a dabble over there? Did Portugal, had some blue shark out in Portugal. Also went to Gambia, there's a big shark in Gambia, and uh, uh, quite a good size stingray, 300 pound plus stingray. 
I mean, that was a potential record, wasn't it? It, w- it would have been had the scales been very void. Yeah, they've got to be checked, haven't they, yeah, before you catch yeah, a fish. I, yeah. I think... Uh, Unfortunately, that hadn't been done. Yeah, I, I've heard that before, that you can... Uh, you certificate them before you go fishing. Mm-hmm. Even if you went back afterwards and had them certificated, they won't, you know, no, they won't allow it, because I always thought no. they might make an amendment. So, in other words, <coughs> if the scales were tested and you, and you claim the fish is, say, 320 pounds... And they said, well, it's 20 pounds overweight. I mm. thought you would still get the record of 320, but apparently not. You must have the certificate before you go. So that's exactly. worth pointing out. Anybody's in record fish uh, looking for them, you know, make sure, ask the skippers before you go, uh, can they provide a certificate in case you get your world record. So what got you into the really, really giant sharks, Pete? Another chap I was talking to, Peter Petzer, was doing trips to South Africa for Great Whites, a guy there had the licence to tag and release for the Oceanic Research Institute. So I booked up on that and went out there, and that was just totally awesome. Now you've had some of the most phenomenal shark fishing, because I've been in touch with you over the years, and I know you've been catching them, but uh, when you reckon you started fishing out there, I mean, did you go sort of straight out day one and you were into sharks, or did you have to research it a bit, or was it uh, straight on the money? No, I think the first time I went, I don't. I went with another guy, Red Priest, and that was. I think we caught one shark. We probably fished for two weeks, and there was only one shark caught. So I missed out on that year because that was one of Red's. It was Red's turn in the chair. You used to split the strikes or something yeah, like that, yeah, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, if he was the last one that uh, fished in, say Mauritius. Then it was me next on the rod for the wherever we were. So if he called a Marlin Mauritius, you were first strike on the white yeah, or vice yeah, versa. Wherever, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it turned out his strike. So he it was his fish. That's a fair way to do it. I mean, I was, that's what it's the sort of principle I try to work on as well. You know, so if you're sharing with a boat with somebody, is uh, you can't really sit there, even though you're paying fifty fifty each, and one guy gets three. And, and your buddy gets nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you run the risk of obviously you might catch a two hundred pound fish, and your buddy catches a four hundred. But that's what that's, that's the way it goes. That's fishing. It, it's fishing, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, tell me about the area you used to fish. Um, you know, where did you go and where did you stay and stuff like that? We flew into Cape Town, and then it's probably one hundred and fifty, two hundred mile to by which is close to Cape Agulhas, the southernmost tip of South Africa. And we fished out of, like I say, Strays by Harbour with uh, Trail Witten, who was um, a renowned shark fisherman in that area. What sort of boat? What was the outfit like, Pete? It was only a small 24-foot, um, I think it was a 24, 26-foot catamaran type of hull boat with two outboard motors on the back. So these fish, bearing in mind, can get up nearly towards the size of that boat, can't they? <laughs> they were, yeah, they were. So what's the procedure? How does it how does it work? Does he launch a boat off a, a beach, or is it already moored? And tell it, run us through a typical days, you know, for the Great Whites. You just turn up at the harbour, the boat would be on the jetty, filled and ready to go. It'd probably been uh, commercial fishing early hours of the morning. Come back, unloaded his catch. We'd turn up around nine o'clock, get on the boat, and we'd head out. And what sort of distance would you travel? And uh, you know, you're in, out in deep water. It was no, very. It was probably thirty foot of water in the bay. Really? Yeah, you could see the people walking on the beach. They um, presumably couldn't see you fishing for sharks. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> obviously saw us, but obviously they wouldn't think they knew what we was fishing for. 
And uh, time of year, what time of year, what was the weather like, mate? It was January, February time. Um, I've been there as late as May, but the, the later you go, the rougher the weather, and it's more difficult to get out because of the wind and the, the weather's just, uh, you know, awesome there. Uh, I know Charles used to do uh, most of the shark tagging, you know, for conservation and stuff there. But you mentioned about commercial fishing. What sort of stuff is offshore? Because I, I seem to remember there's some good sharks, other species, actually on the reefs offshore. What other stuff's out there? I think there's an awful lot of billfish out there as well. They're, they're pulling dorados in. I'm not sure the other stuff he used to get. I know he was catching netting pilchards and stuff like that out there. Did he use those sort of pilchards for uh, chum or burley or whatever they call it? What did you use to get through when you... You know, anchor for these sharks, I understand you anchor for them. What uh, was he using to attract the sharks, and how long did it take him to come? Basically, a normal chum mixed with pilchard oil, which he had gallons of, mix it in and, and let it run out. So, so is it, uh, was it like a sloppy mix? Did he yeah, put it in it was, a sack? Yeah. Or, it was, or he used to spoon it over as well as sack it. We used to put frozen in the bag, and, and just sort of... A Whole fish or something like that, or bits of, <coughs> bits no, of bait in the chum, bag? Chum block. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, he says he did use to. Yeah. He used to mince it up and, you know, like freeze it all down himself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. He didn't put bran or anything like that with it. No, not that I'm aware of. But then he had a, like a coat bottle at the back of the boat with pilchard oil in it and just a few prick tiny holes in it. Yeah. So it just seeped out slowly. Now I did see that when I looked at some of your. Uh, tapes because you must have some of the most exclusive footage of the original fishing for great whites when you were allowed to do it i've ever seen you know there's a monstrous fish here but i did see in the bottom of the boat back near the bilge area uh, like a bottle full of yeah, olive oil or it looked like that so he, he's going to punch a holes in the in the yeah. straight pilchard oil and just yeah. hang that carton over the yeah, side and yeah. just just let it come out yeah um how often would you uh, you know sit there all day and obviously you had blanks but or how soon i should say would you get What's your earliest great white to the boat, you know, coming around, sniffing around? Within the hour, hour and a half, I would think. Some days you'd get two or three just swim around and just circle the boat. And they wouldn't always take all the time, I understand, would they? No, the, the, it was few and far between. But when they did, you certainly knew about it. What sort of bait did he use then, Pete? Again, whatever we were catching on, uh, while we were waiting for anything, like that, we'd catch the boats off the side of the boat. And this is what, bottom fishing on the seabed yeah, there? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, yeah. To you told me that there's, oh, I know you had that Stingray 300-odd uh, pounds, I think it was, um, but I understand there's some absolutely world-record uh, size stingers out there. Uh, what do you reckon they run to? Oh, they've got to be eight, nine hundred pounds. They're eight to nine hundred? They're, um, they're monsters, absolute monsters. But there's two in the harbour, I, I suppose they go six, seven, eight hundred pounds, but they're pets, they're just fed by the... Local fishermen. So as the commercials come in, they're uh, they're, they're carcassing and gutting, and they're just throwing stuff over the yeah. side. A bit like Florida Keys, where they get the tarpon going around the back of the boat. You know, when they come in and clean the, the fish off, the tarpon are there for the guts and leftovers. No, oh yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Did you ever have any big stingers up out there, or, or any other species of sharks? Did you get? You know, when you're fishing for uh, the white, did you did you have any other days off going looking for other stuff? We did. We used to fish off the beach at night. We had um, some big hookups on there, but I think it must have been no stingray from the harbour because there's nothing you could do with them. Well, it just broke off, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, just held on for dear life, and that was it. When you went over there, I know, uh, I think you did a double trip once in November and again in about February, uh, but you had an absolutely phenomenal, I would say, a week or ten days over there. Uh, just tell us what you caught and uh, 
we'd all be not sleeping at night thinking of it but you had a huge number of monstrous fish in that period i don't think anybody's ever equaled it uh, even the skippers you know said it was incredible fishing give us a bit of a rundown on that it was um we caught 12 great whites which apparently has never been done before in such a short period and they ranged from 220 pound to uh, the biggest one there 2116 pound would the average have been sort of up around a thousand feet? There were twelve hundreds, fourteen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds. Yeah, mainly over a thousand pound. And then other trips, I uh, understand you might have, you know, you had you had tough trips there as well. So there's no hard and fast rule to it. Uh, no, it's just being there at the right time, I suppose, on the right day. Everything's just got to be right. So when you got that big one of uh, two thousand pound, Pete, I understand it didn't exactly take long for the. Uh, the press and the media to get hold of it so what happened there well apparently uh, sky news got hold of the story and they wanted to send somebody over to pick up any video type of it which they did and, and it was shown on sky news for a few days and it also went uh, into all the national papers I, was, I guess that was from Sky News, I'm not sure about that. But, uh, yeah, made the Angling Times as well, and I'm looking at some of the clips on the wall, it's like fishing with Stan Peach, and that's the sun as well, so you've got quite a bit of coverage uh, on that big one there. And what's your, what's your opinion, I'll ask this anyway, uh, Pete, because it, it's sort of in the back of my mind, we, I know it's years ago, but uh, when you were going out, you are catching the sharks, you are tagging and releasing them. So you're doing it for conservation and research, and you can see that on the video, you can see the dart tag go in, you can see Trail Ashley and his crewmen having a hell of a job trying to measure this uh, big, or well, one of the big shots, I don't know what it was, 12, 1400 pounds, accurately, it's quite dangerous trying to get that uh, tape on the end of a, a great white's nose, I don't think I should be doing it anytime soon, but they do a lot of cage diving over there, and I understand it, they still attract them with chum, now, is that drawing the fish away, or, or what do you think is happening uh, on, on, on that score? I know you don't fish for the Great Whites, uh, now they're protected, but you know, what's your sort of opinion on uh, fishing as opposed to cage diving? Bear in mind, don't kill any of these sharks. I would never get in the water with one anyway, anywhere near one. And I think if they're, they're chumming them up and there's people in the water, surely that would make it, I don't know, Is that that's probably why they go for humans, is it? Well, I do wonder myself, you know, I mean, the, the cage diving is no question of tourism, it's very, very popular, but they're chumming up, but I mean, I've, I've talked to uh, other anglers that have, uh, used to years ago fish South Africa, and some of them were complaining, or the skippers that took them out were complaining that the great whites are actually migrating further up to where the cage diving was, because they're doing, as I understood it, 24-hour chumming around these cages so they could get the tourists out there. Well, if they're doing that, I mean, the big difference I see is, is if, 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 if you used to go fishing for great whites with a rod and line, those sharks come up to the boat, they don't associate food with people. In other words, they see the boat, it's food, it gets caught and it gets tagged and released. If they're going to a cage, they're continually seeing people in black wetsuits in that cage and they're associating people with, with food. So I always think perhaps the cage diving might be the uh, undoing for the great white because he's going to eat more people and when he eats more people maybe he's, uh, he's actually going to uh, end up getting targeted again. But certainly you've had some of the best fishing for them, so uh, we'll just have to see how the old cage diving goes. What about tackle? What's the, what's the breakdown on the tackle? Tell us, say, from the hook upwards, what he uses and what line and rods and stuff like that. It's all 130-pound tackle, um, 130 line, down to cable and bite trace at the end of that. The cable's probably 25 foot, 
it's close to or 25, 30 foot for the case of the fish uh, rolling and wrapping itself yes and then a bite trace at the end of that so it was top notch tackle uh, what's the take of the fish actually when they give me a rundown on how it comes up you know do they charge in grab the bait or do they take it slow and how do you set the hook you know give us a rundown on that you know, sometimes you'll be sat there and just fishing off the side of the boat waiting for something to happen you'd have a bait out quite a way off in the current uh, sometimes you'll see a fish come swimming by as so you bring the bait in and try and tempt the fish with that. Other times you'll just be sitting there all of a sudden the, the rod will go, you jump in the chair, you put your harness on, grab the rod, he'll gun the boat, you set the hook. And it's hell for leather for five or ten minutes. And what are they like, the general scrap of them? There's so a hard fight to start with, they go a bit nuts on the boat or can well, they come in quiet? Well, 15, 20 minutes, it's like pandemonium. Then it's just He'll take it, you'll bring it back. Like most of it, well, not like a marlin. But, uh, not, not as hard a fight as that. So, you know, it's a big bulky weight rather than like a, right, a tuna yeah. or a marlin, I guess, which is, say, faster running. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the big sharks, they go when they want to go, just purely so incredible bulk of weight. Exactly. Have yeah. you seen, or uh, as your skipper talked about, anything really outrageous? I mean, 2,100 is pretty outrageous to me anyway, but is there anything bigger than that swimming out there? Oh, the, the, he reckons there's bigger ones there. He's seen bigger ones there. He's hooked bigger ones there. So you lost it? he'd had one on there for something like eight or nine hours. And still lost it? Yeah, yeah. What's the longest fight you've had there, Pete? On the, the big one was about an hour and a half. But that was hard, an hour and a half. Constant pressure, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. What's the area like down there? I know it's, uh, you know, you, you've got you to drive a bit to get there, but, you know, is it, is it a very barren area? Is it a sort of tourist destination? The locals' holiday homes, I guess, um, that we fished there out of season. Obviously, you can't do that now there anyway, but it was very quiet when we were there. So what's their, their holiday season seems the reverse of ours, is it? Uh, I think is their peak is, is December, is the height of their summer. And then it steadily gets worse from then on. Have you uh, packed up the big shark fishing, or is there any other species that you're after, uh, you know, looking for the future now? One thing I've never caught is a tiger shark, and I'd love to go and catch a nice big tiger shark. What sort of weight you got in mind there, Pete? Well, it's got to be a thousand pound plus. <laughs> I can't get nothing smaller. That sounds like Australia to me. Yeah, they, they get some big ones off uh, Kenya. And I think they've had them up to eight or nine hundred pounds, maybe bigger off Kenya, on uh, on down rigging with the uh, tuners in certain reefy areas. They they catch them with quite a bit of regularity. I understand. I've not done it there, but uh, I've only fished out the hump. But I think that's sort of a little bit fished out now. Uh, have you been to Florida recently? I was there this this year actually. But uh, I didn't do a great deal. We did some tarpon fishing out the back with some permit. My wife also fishes for the tarpon and the permit. And she's had some big permit as well, hasn't she? She has, yeah. I'm not sure the last the weight of the last one was 22 pounds, I think it was the last one she's had. And, and I was mentioned you were what I consider to be a lucky angler. You also had a very big permit, I think, tarpon fishing. What was that uh, story? That was uh, 39 pounds. Well, it's not bad for a permit. That's good. Uh, night fishing was that, Pete? Yeah, it was. That was uh, going out on the flats. Now this year, I understand as well as you do the shark fishing over in the Keys, you've you've sort of fallen in love with this per uh, this uh, tarpon fishing. Uh, what's the score? Do you go out all night, or uh, uh, I know a lot of them do sort of go out two to five or something like that. But I don't myself. I just do evenings. But um, I think you've got a good skipper and stuff there now, haven't you? Yeah, there's uh, the guy I'm using out there now. 
before we, we, we used to go on the tides early morning, early hours of the morning, really late at night. Trouble is then when you're fishing for them, although you're going to probably catch bigger fish, there might be more of them. But you never get to see them that good, only with a torchlight. This time we fished, I'd probably had four or five days fishing, out in the mid during the day, bright sunshine, you could see everything you caught. You could see it from the take right the way through the fight and went to the, get to the side of the boat. You see the actual fish, and I think that's far better. Yeah, it is. It's nice to always uh, come back with a picture and stuff like that, but uh, I know you've... Uh well, how much video do you reckon you've taken of uh, all your great white catches? Are people, you know, if we, we can ever get it copied at some stage, you'll be able, people will be able to see what you have caught, because I dare say there are people who think he, he can't have caught those, but I'm sitting with Pete in his office and I'm looking at all the certificates that's up on the wall, and he, he definitely has caught them because I've watched loads of uh, tape. But how much film have you shot? There must be 30, 40 hours of the great white fishing, including underwater stuff. The fishing I've done all together, there's probably 100 hours of it. Most of the stuff I say of fish for, I've had videoed at the same time. Well, it's nice to know because I mean, uh, at the end of the day, there's always people who say we can't possibly caught to all those sharks, but I think your numbers run in something like is it 26 great whites? You reckon you must you've had? Be at that now, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know any, anybody else in uh, certainly England as they call that number. I know Vic Sampson used to catch some big ones, and I think that was out in Australia. I don't know if Vic actually went to South Africa or not. But uh, he calls some big ones, but I think you've uh, you've got the uh, beating up in with that 12, 12 great whites in one session. Of course, they're all tagged and released. You can see on all your videos that uh, Trow was measuring some and uh, putting the dart tags in and stuff like that. And I saw one little clip. It looked like you uh, might not be playing the piano again. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was very close, wasn't it? That one. Yeah. And what know, size was that, Pete? That was um, I think that was the two thousand two thousand pound one. I'd got out of the chair because I wanted to take some photos while it was being measured and tagged at the side of the boat. I took the photos I wanted to take, tapped it on the back, or patted it on the back to say thank you, and it swiftly turned around and tried to take my head off. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I did see that. It was actually, you see his eye actually turned to, uh, I mean, he wasn't just turning to snap, he was actually looking at you and trying to snap, so, yeah, that's nice footage to get there as well. One of the more unusual catches, uh, again, it could be luck, I should think. Was it, uh, was it Linda yourself had uh, experience with quite a rare fish uh, down in the Keys? So what was that one? That was a sawfish. I think that's what they call it, a sawfish. Yeah. Uh, that was just fishing just off the side again in a, in a little skiff on the bottom, just with a bit of dead bait, and I hooked that. And that was the most awesome thing I've ever seen. Prehistoric. Well, they are prehistoric. Probably went, I don't know, probably a hundred pound. That's well, no, no video of that, but that's on still pictures as well. Yeah, it's an unusual one to catch. That's quite a rarity, that uh, that one. Well, I've only had uh, one half day look at a, a great white, and uh, or rather not a great white, but fish for them. Didn't catch anything, and then uh, very much despondent. And the next day, I learned from the guy that took me out that uh, one of the uh, handline commercial guys had a, a clamp on the back outboard and a little small dinghy on the same reef we were and they had a great white up and uh, pulled the outboard uh, right off the mountains at the back of the boat so we were in the right place but at the wrong time so it's eventually I should uh, uh, get out and see if I can't catch uh, something really big you know I've had a few uh, those uh, sit skills but unfortunately they're all deep water and there's you can't really say there's a lot of sport to them you know it's just a dead weight but uh, I'm very env envious of all the sharks you caught to Pete and uh, hopefully we'll get to see some of these at some stage on a, on a DVD. And, uh, you know, there's a bit of angling history there for the, uh, 
English fishing people, you know, they're, they're going to see some of the fish uh, and they are monstrous. I mean, the big one is, no question, it's a big one. The width across his back, I can't tell you how, how far I saw in the film. Look, about 30 inches between the eyes, as they say. Well, here in your, uh, your office, Pete, I mean, it's just an incredible array of uh, fish pictures, selfish, yellowfin tuna, I'm looking at four blue marlin hanging up in a, in a picture and yeah, amberjacks and sharks, but you've got some fish mounts in there. Now, I've had a couple done myself. I know they're certainly not cheap. But uh, behind you, you've got uh, well, you've got almost half a marlin coming out the wall, real big one. So, what what was the size of those? Well, the black marlins are three hundred and sixty-one pound. That I won the, the British Marlin Championships with that particular fish. Uh, the other ones are blue marlin of four hundred and twenty-five pound, uh, which I was I caught that just on a day pleasure fishing. And that was in a small boat, was it? That it was. One? It was a little, uh, little ski boat, to be honest. But it was somebody we knew out there that we fished, just playing around, really. And was that a live bait or a lure caught fish? That was a lure caught fish. And what's the other mount here, Pete? It looks like a big permit. That's the thirty-nine pound permit, which we got out of Bud Mary's uh, Gray's Taxidermy. Did the job, I think, on that one. How did you uh, go about getting that? Boy, these two enormous heads and I hasten to add there's a big tail there as well how did they come back from uh, Mauritius obviously not as hand baggage well not as hand luggage but they went into the fragile hold I caught them one year and then the following year I went I brought them back that following year and they were done by Boogaloo I don't know whether you remember Boogaloo. Yeah, he used to do uh, really nice polished bills as well. He used to strip the skin off the bills, because bearing in mind all the fish over there are eaten, so there's no waste of the fish, and then obviously nobody eats a bone of the bill, so he used to strip them down, and uh, yeah, I can see one, two, yeah, you've got those marlin bills, so a couple of those, and they're really nice, and they keep well. They have an epoxy over the top of them, to, so they don't smell or anything. It's quite a, a nice memento to have, but uh, I haven't got the marlin coming out the wall, so... Now, if you get this big tiger shark, Pete, are we going to see a mount in the office, or are you going to have to get a bigger office? <laughs> Hopefully I'll have to get a bigger office, but no. Um, I'll, I'll do catch and release, tag and release, catch and release. I don't want to kill nothing. My thanks then to Pete Thorman for sharing some of his big fish experiences here with us, and to Graham for taking along the sound recording equipment on behalf of Audio Angling's listeners. Mm -hmm.